BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the best-selling beauty products and the damn good stories behind them. We're your hosts, Carlene Higgins and Jill Dunn. Hey everyone, welcome back to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Hey Carlene. Hi Jill. So today we have a glow down episode mm-hmm. and we are chatting all about how to build your perfect skincare routine. And we have a very special guest with us. We have esthetician to the stars, Renee Rouleau, and she flew in all the way from Austin, Texas, just to be on our show. We feel very lucky. Renee's career has spanned more than three decades and she works with some pretty famous faces like Demi Lovato, Lily Reinhardt, and Lisa Renna. She's also built a huge following on her website, ReneeRouleau.com by providing really solid education with more than a thousand written articles on everything from how to know if your moisture barrier is damaged to the best way to prevent wrinkles starting in your 20s. So today we're covering off a topic that a lot of you asked us questions about in our private Facebook chat room, and that's all about how to build your perfect skincare routine for your skin type. So Renee will be walking us through all of the exact steps to do that, plus answering questions like, does serum go on before or after moisturizer? What the heck is an essence? Should you exfoliate every day? All of the bases covered. And on a personal note, Renee is a friend of our show. We met at South by Southwest where she graciously invited us over to her home for margaritas, took us out properly. We went two-stepping in Austin. I fell in love with your pink cowboy hat. Today, it's a navy blue one, still loving it. And your pink hair We're so happy to see you again. Thank you. I love you guys. Oh, so welcome, Renee. And shout out to Jane Larkworthy, who brought us all together. And um, so welcome, Renee. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for coming. So what is the first step to like assessing your own skin type? Like how do people figure that out at home? I think people often, it's just like your bra size. Like I think people misdiagnose that all the time. And a lot of people misdiagnose their skin type. So help us. Yeah. So um, I'm definitely the queen of skin types. Um, (laughs) There definitely are some basics that people need to kind of look at. So one is the concept of dry, normal, and oily. So, you know, that's kind of the first thing you need to look at. And mainly you need to know that information because that will drive what kind of moisturizer that you need to use, how Mm -hmm. light or how heavy it is. So if you are somebody that gets shiny and your skin gets oily and greasy, that means that you already have oil in your skin. So you're going to use something more water-based. If you're somebody that's feeling really tight and, you know, gets flaky and doesn't look smooth to the touch, chances are you're going to require more oil. And so you can look for more of a cream or, you know, even a skin oil or something like that. So I think understanding dry normal oily is important. But I think also what's one kind of side note of that is that a lot of people 
They use a lot of strong active ingredients. And so if they still get breakouts, but they feel dry, the thing to understand with breakouts is that you have oil underneath there somewhere. Um, Because people who have truly dry skin, bone dry skin that don't have any oil at all, they're not going to break out because oil breeds bacteria, bacteria leads to breakouts. So I'm always kind of educating people because people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so dry. Yet they have, you know, they still get a lot of acne. So it could be because they're using things that are too Mm -hmm. strong. So they're getting the sensation of being dry. But if there's breakouts there, I always tell them there's oil in there somewhere. So we don't want to add things that are too heavy. Makes Mm. sense. So I think, yeah. So I think the first thing is kind of just trying to assess if you're dry, normal, oily. And and again, it's just more, you know, dryness is more if there's flaking and a constant constant tightness and absolutely no oil whatsoever. A normal skin type or combination could be somebody that's a little T-zone. If your pores are a little larger in the T area um, than they are on the other areas of the face, that usually is an indicator that you're a little more combination. Um, And that skin can feel tight, but it's typically not going to be flaky. I mean, obviously if you're using a prescription retinoid or something, you know, that would cause that. But generally you can feel tight, but it's not flaky. And then more oily is somebody that has enlarged pores all over the face and they're just shiny and greasy. Like, you know, by one o'clock in the afternoon, they can be blotting their skin with blotting papers and they see a lot of oil on, you know, on there. But again, that, you know, it's a lotion versus a cream. Right. Sensitive skin is one of those tricky subjects because the definition is different from anyone, for, yeah. from everyone. When someone says, yeah, my skin's really sensitive. The first thing I said is, tell me what that means to you, right? So, To one person, they'll say, if I use something really harsh or strong, it will irritate my skin, for which I'm always like, well, how about let's not use anything harsh or strong? (laughs) I'm always like, okay. Uh, but, But then someone else will say, if I use something too heavy, it will break me out. And then someone else will say, everything I wash with stings my skin. I get red, I get rashes easily, right? So there's, and then Mm -hmm. some other people might even have other descriptions of them, but those are the three that I hear the most. So my definition of sensitive skin is more the easily irritated, the redness, the pink easily, the um, things sting easily. It's more of a moisture barrier issue. I don't really consider sensitive oh, I can't use a moisturizer that's too heavy because it'll break me out. Well, then let's not have you use a moisturizer that's not going to, you know, that will break you out. Yeah, there's an easy fix. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, but the problem with quote unquote sensitive skincare products out there, if it says it's for sensitive skin, typically it means that they just took out the synthetic fragrance or the synthetic dye. But a lot of the sensitive skincare products don't necessarily actually try to calm the redness. They'll take out the quote unquote Mm -hmm. irritants out of it. But if you have somebody that, is, you know, easily irritated and red. The goal is to try to really like put the fire out, calm circulation, sedate the skin. And a lot of sensitive skincare products, I don't feel like necessarily do that because the goal is we're trying to improve the skin barrier and make the skin less sensitive over time. So just Mm -hmm. avoiding dyes and fragrances, that's just not going to do that. Interesting. Interesting. So dehydrated and dry, those are two different things too, right? Correct. And that's, I mean, that's a huge one. I have a great blog post about it, but that's probably, you know, the biggest, the hardest thing for people to understand because people always just say dry. And um, and so I always say when someone says, oh, I'm really dry, but then I see they have breakouts. I'm like, no, it can't be. But I'll always say like, did your skin ever get flaky? Because to me, that's truly the definition of dry. Mm-hmm. And then absolutely, you know, producing no oil. But the main difference is dry is lack of oil 
and dehydrated is lack of water. So you can be oily and dehydrated, but you can't be dry and oily. So I think the, I mean, all skin types require water, but not all skin types require oil, oil. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So so typically, again, if somebody has breakouts, they still produce oil, but they feel tight, then that's dehydration versus mm-hmm. if somebody's, you know, bone dry and they're you know, 45 mm-hmm. plus and they have tiny pores, that's going to be more of a drier okay. skin type. So if you're trying to assess your own skin type, do you even put dehydration into that category at all? Or that's just a condition that you add? Right. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is any good skincare routine should always be hydrating your skin. Okay. Now, if somebody comes to me, you know, if we have a customer or a client that has been using really harsh things and they kind of have destroyed their moisture barrier, then we might kind of need to load up on a few extra things just to repair their skin and get it back to a healthy state. Mm -hmm. The concept of the moisture barrier, which I'm sure you guys understand, but let me explain it for your listeners. So your skin has this moisture barrier and think of it as like bricks on a house. And when the barrier is damaged from harsh products, genetics, rosacea, where the skin is hot and heat kind of naturally can deplete the moisture barrier or the moisture within the skin, over exfoliating, too many acids, things like that. So in these bricks, like the mortar in between the bricks starts to loosen and you get these little invisible cracks in the skin. When you get these invisible cracks in the skin, moisture can escape easier and then irritants can get in easier. So sometimes when people like are are like, yeah, products are stinging my skin lately and normally that never happens. Well, it's because when you have those cracks, products, especially water-based ones, hit the nerve endings faster and you get a stinging sensation. So I have a great blog post about this as well, but it's all about kind of sealing up those invisible cracks so that moisture stays in and then irritants, you know, they're not irritating the skin as much. And that's probably the biggest thing that I've probably seen in the past, I'd say like four years or something is people's moisture barrier, you know, where people who are are oily are feeling dry. And it's Mm -hmm. because we have access to so many more active ingredients. Everybody's big into the liquid acetoning right now. You know, Mm -hmm. they're using the, you know, the acetoners twice a day and, you know, then they're using sonic cleansing brushes and then they're, you know, which is, is an exfoliation in itself. And then they're, micro you know, derma rolling at home, poking holes in their faces. And so there's just a lot of people and, and we've kind of fallen into a culture of like, if it doesn't burn or sting, it's not working. And so people relate feeling something with mm-hmm. doing something, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and then, you know, you can buy all these chemical peels on Amazon. And so I just think that's like a big conversation that I'm having a lot with people is having people back off of a lot of things because yeah. they're, in their effort to control their skin and do more, you know, oftentimes they're micromanaging. They're like that boss that's yes. like <laughs> doing too much. Yes. And you're like, if you actually back off, yeah, I'll be more productive. Yes. Hey guys, it's Jill here. I wanted to jump in and share a special offer from one of our show partners, Native Deodorant. Native is an all-natural deodorant and it is formulated without aluminum, parabens, or talc. And it uses ingredients like tapioca starch, baking soda, and coconut oil, plus shea butter to help minimize odor and wetness. I love that it's in a stick format. It's super easy to swipe on in the morning and it doesn't feel gloopy or wet. You can get dressed right away. Try the best-selling coconut and vanilla scent. It's not overpowered 
overpowering and the coconut is antimicrobial. I also have become addicted to this scent in the native body wash too. Love it so much. They also have seasonal scents. So there's blackberry and plum that's new for winter and vanilla and chai. And if you prefer an unscented version, they have an option for you as well. And if you're averse to baking soda, there's even an option for you. So there's really something for everyone with native. Plus there's no risk to try. There's free shipping on every order and native offers free returns and exchanges in the USA. So listen up, Breaking Beauty listeners. You can try native deodorant for yourself and we have a special offer. For 20% off your first purchase of Native, head to nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code BEAUTY at checkout. Once again, that's nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code BEAUTY at checkout. We will link to that in our show notes. Hi, I'm Ali Webb. And I'm Michael Landau. We're the founders of Drybar, which we started about 10 years ago. We are constantly hearing from budding entrepreneurs asking us for advice. This podcast is the place to go if you're an entrepreneur and want to start your own business. Subscribe to Raising the Bar so you don't miss a minute of the action and all the fun guests that we have. New episodes come out every Friday, anywhere you get your podcast fix. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It was good. With your podcast fix. Subscribe to Raising the Bar, new episodes every Friday, wherever you get your podcast fix. Now back to today's episode. So hopefully we've given uh, everyone some tips on how to assess their skin type. So let's get into what step one would be once you figure out what that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, the cornerstone for a good routine will always be your cleanser because that's like right out of the gate, the first thing you do. So you always have to get that right because it's going to kind of make or break everything else. So for any skin type, the idea is that you never want to dry out the skin, right? You don't want anything harsh at all because if you strip the skin and pull moisture and water out of the skin, then everything afterwards has to do repair work. So the most important thing is low foaming, sulfate-free, make sure it says that on the label and really listen to your skin. And um, But low bubbles, like the general rule is the bigger the lather, the more drying it's going to be. So you want more of like a froth than you want like a true shampoo bubble kind of situation. But the key to know about cleansing is after you rinse off your cleanser, you have a 60-second window before moisture starts to evaporate from the skin. So basically when your skin is wet from the shower or the sink, water attracts water like a magnet. And so when the air is dry, right here in Toronto, right? Mm -hmm. There's not humidity because it's really cold. So when the air is dry and there's low humidity, it looks for moisture wherever it can get it. So it's going to grab onto your dripping wet face from washing your face. And then that is attracting the water from deeper in and they all disappear through a process called osmosis. So doesn't matter if you wash with the mildest cleanser on the planet, you have to get your next product on within 60 seconds. So usually if anyone says, oh, no matter what cleanser I try, it makes you, you know, drives me out. It's usually because they're waiting a little bit. So you mm. need to work your skincare routine really fast. Okay. So that's for regardless of your skin type, that's that's the type of cleanser you're going to look for, low yeah. foam, all, all of that. Yeah. Are there any variances, any skin type that should look for a different type of cleanser? Because you always see, you'll see a vitamin C cleanser, you'll see a retinol cleanser. Sure. Like there's just so many yeah. different ones. So I think the idea, when you think of cleansing the skin, the idea is you're trying to clean the skin, right? Mm -hmm. And so I have a blog post on this, but one of the things that I'm not a fan of is cleansing balms mm -hmm. because yes, they do a really nice job removing makeup, but you don't feel greasy afterwards, but the skin 
feels kind of soft, There's right? There's a bit of a residue. There's a bit I of a feel. residue. And it's because the oils lubricated and coated the skin. And so a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I love a cleansing balm because I don't feel dry afterward. Well, yeah, you don't because it, it technically, yeah, I mean, you moisturize the skin. Mm-hmm. So then what happens is you've already coated those skin cells. So now you want your active ingredients like your vitamin C serum to really penetrate and it's going to be harder to because of that coating. Mm-hmm. So you could do a double cleanse if you wanted to, but generally, you know, if you have a nice pH balance cleanser and you don't necessarily need a lot of makeup, you can still use a low foaming type cleanser. Or I much prefer like a cleansing lotion mm-hmm. to, um, you know, for makeup removal then a balm or a cleansing mm-hmm. oil. So the main thing is regardless of your skin type, just make sure it doesn't dry out your skin or leave a residue in the case of cleansing balms. But the one type of skin where it's helpful to have some sort of antibacterial ingredients in it is more for oily and acne prone right. skin because particularly at night, your face is the dirtiest, um, you know, from all day from, you know, touching your skin. And so if you already kind of have bacterial growth from acne and then you're adding bacteria to it, you kind of want something that is more antimicrobial. So you might look for something that's a little more disinfecting so that it's doing an antibacterial cleansing as well. So your face is cleansed. You have that water. What are you getting on there immediately? Is it a hydrating toner? What's the essence? What's What's the the next step? And is there a logic to the order? Like you said, is it like thinnest to thickest? We sometimes hear. Yeah. So the next is going to be your water-based product, which is a toner. Mm -hmm. So toners are misunderstood. A lot of people don't really know what they do. I think they've increased in popularity recently because of the, because of the acid content that a lot of, you know, people are like, oh yeah, I can feel it stinging. So, okay, I'll use a toner. It's doing something now. But water-based products, anything that has water in it will penetrate really fast into the skin. And so the benefits of a toner, I'm not huge into liquid acid toners Mm -hmm. because they hit the nerve endings really fast. They sting the skin that can cause some inflammation where having an acid in a serum is more of a slow release, but then you have ingredients in it that are kind of cushioning and hydrating to the skin. You know, they're more skin comforting along with the acids because you don't want to create inflammation with an acid. So, if it doesn't have acids in it, you can have active ingredients like antibacterial ingredients, an essence that is technically like a serum infused toner, mm-hmm. but still water-based. You I can love have a toner. I know. You can have stimulating ingredients, ones that calm redness. So so you do kind of want it targeted towards your skin type. But the purpose of a toner uh, for any skin type is that it removes any cleanser residue, any potential little makeup. Um, when you think of glass shower doors, all that filmy white crud that gets left on there, that's salts, chlorines, and minerals that get deposited on the skin. So it's kind of like the rinse cycle for your skin. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, when you put it on the skin, you want to leave it wet on the skin. And by leaving it wet on the skin, several things will happen. One is it's giving your skin a big dose of water. But then secondly, water penetrates faster and can act as a carrier for your serum. So it is thought that when you put a serum on on next, can penetrate 10% deeper um, than if you just put it on dry skin alone. So it acts as a delivery system. So that is also helpful too. Mm -hmm. So I love toners. Any skin type, it should be alcohol-free. So I remember back in the you know, late 80s when I became an esthetician, Clinique was all the rage back then. And uh, and they, I think it was their clarifying astringent number two. It was so popular. Everybody used that. That was the most popular one. They were, you know, kind of called astringents back then. Yeah. That's what we called them. And so sea I would- breeze. Oh 
yes. <laughs> and Bonnie Bell Tenno sex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so with the Clinique astringent, I would use it to remove my nail polish. Stop. Just as like a visual and be like, this is what you're putting on Here's your face. Here's a hack. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Who question. Who doesn't love a multi-benefit <laughs> product? I had one question. Do you view toner as your second cleansing step or your first moisturizing step? First moisturizing step. Yeah. Yeah. I think of it as a hydrating type That's ingredient. Right. And mm-hmm. so if you have somebody that has more oily skin, but they live in a dry climate or breakout prone skin, a toner is a great way to add that extra step to give hydration. But since it's water-based, they don't have to worry about it breaking them out. So right. if somebody's like, yeah, I'm you know really oily and I still break out a lot, but I'm feeling dehydrated because it's you know negative 10 in Wisconsin, what should I do? So if they're not using a toner, I'll say, add that in, leave it damp, and then that's going to give your skin a nice drink of water. Right. So that's some great advice. Now, are there a couple of differences between toners that might vary according to your skin type? Or yeah, so what are you know, some of the key ingredients in that? Yeah, so something that's for redness might have green tea or sea whip extract. It might have chamomile. Might have something called bisabolol. I mean, there's all sorts of like calming, calming. anti redness type mm-hmm. ingredients. Something that's stimulating might have vitamin B12. It might have ginseng. It could have some sort of mint extract. So like, if you have dull skin, you're going to go for those? Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're looking kind of more for an energy boost okay. um, to kind of bring pinkness to the skin. Okay. You have that um, grayish cast. <laughs> you look like an extra in, in a zombie movie. Then you look for those. If people, if people are constantly saying, you, you look really tired, then you're going to want to give, give a little uh, boost. But actually one of my tips, I don't know if you heard me talk about it ever before, but I hang my head upside down for two minutes a night, every night, oh. um, just to bring that fresh blood to my skin. So somebody with rosacea wouldn't want to do that because they don't need to. But yeah, I'll just kind of hang over the side of my bed, look at my phone and just let all that fresh blood come to the skin. But when you flush the skin with blood, you're also bringing is carrying fresh oxygen and new nutrients and so that's a good little fun tip that okay i share with people anything specific to oily or acneic there with the toner that they yeah i mean it could be something astringent we know that yeah alcohol free for sure but something with salicylic acid like one of my toners uses prebiotics to kind of keep a healthy microbiome on the skin that's important more for people with acne Mm -hmm. something called resorcinol is good for acne i mean you could have some other light acids in it if you did want to use it as an exfoliant Mm -hmm. particularly people with pigmentation okay yeah teach is good for acne. Yeah, we've we've gotten we're drilling really down oh, on this yeah. stuff. Hey guys, you've been hearing a lot about Hero skincare ingredients today. So I want to pause for a moment to tell you about a great way to keep your skin looking healthy from the inside out with our friends at Ancient Nutrition. As longtime beauty editors, we often write about how collagen really is the cornerstone of healthy skin. It's a protein found naturally in our bodies that's key to your skin's strength and elasticity. We often use the analogy that collagen is like the scaffolding of our skin. It's the support structure that keeps skin standing firm. Collagen is also the reason our skin is smooth and it keeps hair shiny and nails strong. It's like a wonder protein. By the time we're 30, though, our natural collagen reserves start to deplete. Womp, womp. But good news, you can help boost your skin's collagen reserves from the inside with a supplement like Ancient Nutrition's Multi-Collagen Protein. This collagen supplement is different than the rest. It has four sources of collagen, while most other collagen brands come from a single source like bovine or marine collagen. 
Ancient nutrition sources are all non-GMO, pasture-raised, cage-free, and cruelty-free. It contains 9 grams of protein a scoop and 0 grams of carbs or fat. Plus, it's completely flavorless. So if you're always running out the door in the morning like I am, you can very simply add it to your tea, your coffee for a daily collagen dose. This is going to make it so much easier for me to achieve my nutrition goals this year because I need all the help I can get. And we have a special offer for Breaking Beauty listeners. You can get $10 off right now at ancientnutrition.com when you use the promo code BEAUTY. That's $10 off at ancientnutrition.com when you use the promo code BEAUTY. We will link to that offer in our show notes. And now back to today's episode. Now we need to know, does everyone need a serum? I feel like this is something we get asked a lot. Mm -hmm. So why would someone need one or why would they maybe skip it? What's the function of a serum and where does it fit in your routine? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) So I always like to me, the basic two products that everyone, I mean, if someone's just like, I am just a minimalist all day long, then I'm going to recommend three products for them. One is a cleanser because they can use it morning and night. One is a sunscreen to use in the morning, a moisturizer with a sunscreen. And then one is a nighttime cream or lotion for their skin type, right? So they have to cleanse and moisturize every day. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of the the basics. When you're looking to dial up um, your routine and get more results, and then somebody wants to add in one additional product, I might skip the toner, even though I love toners, but I'll ask them to do a serum just because they're going to drive more results. They have a higher concentration of active ingredients. They have a smaller molecular structure, so they penetrate better, but they're much more performance driven. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're like, oh, you know, I've kind of got the basics down, but this is still bothering me or I, I want to see more improvement there, then I'm going to add a serum. So, so every skin type, I mean, my general routine for every skin type is always going to be cleanser, toner, serum, and moisturize morning and night. Now, it just depends on what you do with the serum. Mm -hmm. So again, there's all different active ingredients. There's exfoliating acid serums, you know, vitamin C, there's peptide serums, you know, every good serum should have good humectants in it like hyaluronic acid or sodium PCA or glycerin. Those are all good humectants. Um, I mean, any serum you use is going to have hydrating properties. So that's kind of a basic, but it's more just about other active ingredients that that drive yeah. a certain, a certain Cause it, function. Because they're super concentrated, right? I think that's the thing is yeah. that you can get moisturizers that have active ingredients and right. that's great. Yeah. But it's it's just like a power shot, yeah. right? It's exactly. really concentrated. Yeah. So if you want that hit, yeah. then you go for that. And you mentioned some key ingredients to look for, peptides, et cetera. So peptides would be for aging, to yeah. address aging. To address right? aging. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned vitamin C, yeah, I mean, every, yeah, everyone should use something with antioxidants in it, right? Mm-hmm. Which is vitamin C. And there's certainly, you know, all different other ingredients that have antioxidants, all sorts of blackberry and elderberry. And I mean, all sorts of, you know, fr- any berry. And, yes, any <laughs> berries, um, any fruit and veggie type ingredients are all going to provide antioxidant protection. But we just know that any skin type is exposed to oxidative stress. So that's kind of a no brainer. The interesting thing is that we've always known to use a vitamin C serum during the day. And again, any skin type needs to use that because that's all for preventative aging and, and, and also helping with pigmentation as well. But during the days when you're most exposed, exposed, thank you, to oxidative mm-hmm. stress. But we now know that your 
natural antioxidant supply, then you add in a vitamin C serum, but it's like a little gas tank and you know, you only have a certain amount of that natural supply and it gets depleted during the day mm-hmm. with environment and exercise and just kind of all the things that kind of put wear and tear on the skin. And so you do want to have some sort of antioxidant at night as well in a serum or uh, in a moisturizer to kind of fill up that gas tank again so that right. in the morning you've kind of you know, have some in there and then your vitamin C serum will add to it. But I mean, any skin type will always benefit from having antioxidants, no different than anyone benefits from eating antioxidants, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I just feel like right now, every single brand has a vitamin C serum. Mm -hmm. So what's your kind of professional trick to know if it's legit or not? Like if you're in Sephora and you're looking around or if you're looking at someone's routine and kind of assessing products they brought in, you're like, this is doing nothing. I mean, I always feel like a vitamin C serum needs to be in an airless packaging because we know that vitamin C is so tricky and unstable, similar to retinol as well. And so anything that comes in an airless package where you know no air gets to it is going to just preserve the product longer. No different than you take a bite of an apple and it turns brown you know, air gets to it, it decomposes. And so vitamin C serums that are in droppers, you know, a lot of companies will make them in dark color droppers to kind of help that. But the idea is in a perfect world, it would be in an airless type container. I'm talking about kind of the moisture barrier, since that's kind of an issue for so many people, they might want to, and this is any skin type, but they might want to avoid the acid-based vitamin C serums. I always tell people, you know, if, you, if you're feeling sensitive or you feel like your moisture barrier is damaged, look for a no sting vitamin C serum, which are not the ones that have L-ascorbic acid or pure ascorbic acid. Those definitely are effective um, and the research shows it, but they have a fast delivery. They sting the skin. I mean, they're an acid and you're using it every day and, and acids typically shouldn't be used every day, certainly exfoliating acids. So if you're sensitive, then you're going to want to look for one that doesn't use the pure acid. And so those are like magnesium, ascorbyl phosphate, tetrahexadecyl, ascorbate. There's other ones basically yeah. when they just don't have the word acid yeah, on they the just end, say, right? Yeah, or they yeah. just say vitamin C. I think that's a really, ascorbic. yeah, really good point because I think a lot of people just see vitamin C on the front of the label and they don't even know that there's various versions of vitamin C, not only strengths, but just different types of vitamin sure. C that can be in an active ingredient. Yeah. And a lot of people are sensitive to vitamin C mm-hmm. serum. They they sting, they yeah, irritate. That, that but that happens to me. I said that to Jill before. She's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they're an acid. Yeah. So I think we still need to talk about moisturizer, right? Uh, hell yeah. Yes. So during the day, you want a moisturizer with a sunscreen in it. And so sometimes people are like, oh, I have it in my makeup. And it's like, no, no, no. You need to like really coat the skin. So find a lightweight moisturizer with sunscreen, something that you can apply generously because um, sunscreen is not about the number. It's about how much you apply. So if, if it's a little heavy and you're just barely applying any because you're like, oh, it's so too heavy for me, then it's not going to work. So luckily there's been a lot of advancements with sunscreens and they're really, there's a lot of really nice light formulas out yeah. there now. What is like the visual cue if people want to know how much to put on? So I would do like the size probably of a nickel mm-hmm. all over my face and then the size of a nickel on my neck and sides of my neck. Right. Um, you always want to treat those two areas separately because a lot of people, they'll put sunscreen on the face and they're like, oh, whatever is left over my fingertips, <laughs> I'll just carry it on down here. But like, that's nothing. So, and I have a condition called poikloderma, which where you get pigmentation on the side of your neck. And, you know, I mean, so I, you know, I've learned a long time ago that you just really have to it treat it. Yeah. Right. Treat it 
as its separate area. So when you're using that day moisturizer with SPF, Mm -hmm. do you care about key ingredients or are you just like, I want to get that SPF and that little hit of moisture and you don't care about the ingredients? Correct. Do you leave that job to your serums or your night cream? Yeah, correct. I mean, you know, any sunscreen will have you know, probably some calming ingredients in it. But, you know, the sole purpose of a sunscreen is about protection. And in any active ingredients, when it's in a moisturizer, it's not going to penetrate. Yeah. It's not going to work quite the same as a serum. So, right. so I don't worry too much about that. But there's some, you know, if it's a lighter weight sunscreen, there might be some oil absorbing ingredients in it, which could be helpful more for oily skin. So right. you, you want to find one that's more for your skin type. Okay. Hey everyone, Carlene here, and I wanted to take a quick pause to let you know about one of our new show partners, Codex Beauty. Codex Beauty is a certified organic, vegan, and cruelty-free company that's working to create a global clean skincare collective. Think of Codex as an incubator for cool indie skincare brands from all over the world. They're tapping skincare founders who are experts in the plants and flora native to their specific region. Cool idea, right? And since we love beauty founders here at Breaking Beauty, We want to throw a spotlight on the founder of the first skincare line coming out of this unique beauty incubator. Medical herbalist Tracy Ryan grew up making skincare potions from the plants that surrounded her mountain home in Ireland. She named her line Bia Skincare after the Irish word for food because Bia is all about skin nourishment. Even Bia's preservatives are entirely plant-based. Let me tell you about the hero product for me that really helps soothe sensitive skin like mine. It's called Bia Skin Superfood, and it's a multi-use salve you can use on your face, your hands, dry elbows, heels. It's great for winter. I like this product because it contains calendula, an antifungal, anti-inflammatory, and antibacterial ingredient that I often turn to to soothe my kids' red or dry patches. When they get them from windburn and it's really stinging and it's kind of chapped, I mean, if you are a parent, you know what I'm talking about. And that's just one of the star products coming out of this exciting incubator. So, If you're a fan of clean beauty, you're definitely going to want to get in on this promo code. To get 20% off your entire order, visit codexbeauty.com and enter the promo code BREAKINGBEAUTY20. That's codexbeauty.com and enter promo code BREAKINGBEAUTY20 to get 20% off your entire order. We'll link to that promo code in our show notes. And now back to today's episode. What about a good night cream? And does everyone... You know, what kind of moisturizer, again, going back to the different skin types, would you be looking for? If you're more oily, you're going to use more of a lotion, something that's more lightweight, oil-free, and then kind of go up from there in weight. So, you know, I have many different moisturizers and they're all just kind of some are thinner and then kind of some are a little creamier and then some are heavier depending on the skin type. So I think a problem that I see people run into is some people just love the sensation of that dewiness and that real slip on the skin. But the people that don't benefit from that are people who still get breakouts. So you know, you really, again, if if you are somebody that gets breakouts, regardless of how often, it means you have oil in there and you don't need a lot of oil. So those types of skins, I don't recommend using a skin oil. And if they do, you know, if they're in a dry climate and they really want to, you would put it on. So maybe you, let's just say you are somebody that's more oily, 
and you get breakouts, you can use your oil-free moisturizer. Then mm-hmm. if you feel like, you know, you live in Toronto and the water, you know, the air is really dry, you can take a skin oil and put a couple drops, rub it in, in your hands, but then pat it on the face. Don't rub. So the idea is you're just kind of placing it as like a little top coat over the skin. But because your oil-free moisturizer touched the skin first, that oil is not really penetrating very much. So it's just more like, just like the top coat of nail polish. Mm -hmm. It's like just a little sealant, a little bodyguard to to ensure that the dry air isn't pulling moisture out of your skin. Yeah. So do you believe in oils, face oils? Well, I do in dry climates, right? So, you know, in wintry type climates, I think it's really important because it acts as a seal. It's a sealant. Um, No different than like, I like um, oils for like people who swim in chlorinated pools, right? Because oil and water don't mix. And so the oil's more likely to kind of stay on, eventually it will wear off if you're in the pool long enough. But but anytime you want a barrier over the skin, I like a skin oil. Yeah. I have one in my line. I, I like it. Yeah. But again, you just, if you have built in oil, it's not ideal because that's not what your skin is requiring. Uh, yeah. It needs more water. And I don't think we can talk about skin routines without talking about retinol. Right. So is it about having a daytime serum and a nighttime serum or where in your routine would you incorporate retinol and why? Right. So for every, every skin type, always recommend a vitamin C serum during the day. Everyone needs that. Doesn't matter what your mm-hmm. skin type is. At night... I like all of our, our nine skin type routines. We'll have two different serums for certain skin types. We'll have three different serums, but you're using them on different nights. Mm. So let me quickly touch on layering, mm-hmm. right? So a yeah. lot of people will layer skin serums. I'm not a big fan of layering only because your skin can only absorb so much. Mm-hmm. So I just recommend one serum and then put your moisturizer on afterward and then potentially different a skin nights, oil. Though. But then different, yeah. So think of it as like, I like to explain it like exercise, like one day you do kickboxing, another day you do a Pilates class, another day you go for a walk. And so you're kind of getting a variety of different ingredients, um, but they're all equally hard hitting. So if I'm not ready to put a client on retinol yet because their skin is already metabolically active, they're younger, they're still maybe under 30 or if we're still dealing with a lot of breakouts, like that's the focus because the misconception is with retinol, the -the over-the-counter, is that it addresses acne and wrinkles. That is not the case in my experience. We've, We've heard that before on the mic. Yeah, so it's the prescriptions can do that, but it's only a specific type of acne, which is not really a pustular type acne. It's more like closed comedones, mm-hmm. whiteheads, mm-hmm. milia, like it's more like non-infected acne. So like it doesn't even help regular acne anyway. So, I mean, maybe a little bit, but it's it's generally more for clogged, bumpy, congested type pores. So for people that are still kind of like 28 and younger, I'm not necessarily ready to put them on a retinol yet. So the two serums will be an exfoliating acid serum and there's different acids depending on their like skin glycolic, type. Lactic, salicylic, okay. malic, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then the other night, well, they, they do an exfoliating acid serum for three nights in a row and then go off and use off of that and use a hydrating serum for three nights in a row and rotate. And the combination, or, or the, the concept behind the three nights is that it's particularly for the acid serum. Night one, you break through the concrete. Night two, you work a little deeper. Night three, the skin's really nice and exfoliated. Um, so if you only just use it one night, you're just kind of breaking the surface. And right. so you want a really good effective exfoliation. Then go off of it to give your skin a break. 
use a hydrating serum and that might have other ingredients in it depending on the skin type, but then just really kind of give your skin a break and then just keep kind of doing that mm-hmm. rotation. Sometimes I'll do, depending on the client, I might do two nights and two nights or every other night depending mm-hmm. on the skin type. But for most people, it's that three night, three night. And that's another thing with an acid serum. Like no doubt everyone should use an acid serum. As I mentioned, I've been using them since the early nineties. I mean, I, just such an acid junkie. They really do work in retexturizing the skin and making mm-hmm. pores look smaller. And I'm just such a fan. Visible but difference. Visible, no question. Mm-hmm. And immediate results and everything. And again, when I go back to those tried and true ingredients, mm-hmm. I mean, acids are more popular now than ever. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. So then more for aging skin types where I'm ready to get somebody on a retinol routine that will be the third serum is the retinol and they'll kind of rotate that in. But in that case, I want the retinol to be on their skin more than the other serums because that's the one that truly can create positive change as long as you're getting that slow drip of it consistently. Mm -hmm. So I typically recommend two nights of the retinol, one night of the acid, two nights retinol, one night of the hydrating, and then repeat. So you're basically using the retinol like four nights a week. Yeah, We have gone deep here, folks. I love it. How important is it to use products from the same range or line? Great question. So I don't believe you have to, right? Your skin does not have a mechanism where it knows if it's the same, like, Mm -hmm. you know, compatible (laughs) because it's from the same line, Right. right? And so, and so that's an interesting thing. A lot of times when, and it depends on the line. I mean, I'm, I can just speak on my line, but every, we have 50 products and everyone is so different from one another. So like, you know, sometimes if you use, if you jump into a product line and then all of a sudden it doesn't work for you, you go, oh, I can't use that line. Well, most skincare lines, I'm assuming, don't have a same theme unless mm-hmm. unless it's like a glycolic acid line and every product has glycolic acid in it. But I feel like most skincare products nowadays, every product is its own standalone with its own features. Unless it's very, very fragranced, in which case I just throw it out the yes. window as oh. far as I can. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> but no, you can mix and match. And and also the, the concept of um, your skin getting used to things, right? A lot of people are like, oh, I think my... I don't really see results anymore. My skin's used to it. Well, I think what happens there is that, you know, depending on what type of ingredients you use, but people can get some good results initially, you know, they see it, but then it creates the new normal, right? Mm -hmm. And then they don't see as much of a change. And it's like, well, your skin is still maintaining, um, but I don't believe your skin you should change your routine because you think, you know, there's no your direct skin mechanism. Gets bored. That, I totally yeah. agree with that. I've heard people say that before. I'm like, no, yeah, I, don't I mean, that. but the, the time to change is when your skin is acting and you know, behaving differently, mm-hmm. right? And now all of a sudden it's like, ooh, it's feeling tight. It's feeling more sensitive. It's feeling oilier. Like I'm getting yeah. some breakouts lately. I've been traveling. I don't know what's going your on. Condition, if your condition changes, yeah. that's one thing. Yeah, that's when you want to change. But I think consistency is what is great because it takes time. Yeah. Like, in two weeks, they haven't, those active ingredients need time. For right? sure. You're training your skin to behave in a different way and mm-hmm, giving it mm-hmm. new things to do so. Yeah. What do you think? I think this came into the beauty vernacular in the last couple of years, the trend of cocktailing your products together, aka there's a brand out there that called it like a smoothie and they would put the serum in the hand, the moisturizer in the hand, whatever, rub it all together and put it on at once. So I, I'm not a fan of doing that because 
then you're not getting kind of the targeted treatment that it was intended for. Mm -hmm. You never want to mix a serum with a moisturizer. Like you're talking about a water-based product with an oil-based emulsion and you're losing your serum into the moisturizer and it's not going to be able to penetrate as well. So um, that's why you always want to layer with a serum and a moisturizer. But um, no, I think if you are using high quality products with a brand you trust, you're getting the performance out of each of those things Mm -hmm. and you're by mixing them, it's just kind of, confusing everything. Yeah. yeah. And you talked right off the top about cleansing and then getting that essence on within 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Is there any other windows of time in your routine that we should be aware of? Great question. I typically say like after a serum, just wait like 60 seconds and mm-hmm. just give it a chance to absorb before you put your moisturizer on. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, a couple more questions. I mean, we could talk forever, but, <laughs> uh, but couple- didn't you know you're never leaving Toronto? <laughs> But a couple more. Um, If somebody wants to wear a separate moisturizer and SPF, which goes on first? Great question. So I personally like a sunscreen that has both a chemical and a physical. One, you're getting best of both worlds. I'll, I'll get to your answer in a second. But a physical kind of absorbs and gets within the skin and physical is more protecting from the top. So I like having both because you get inside out protection. The problem with putting a moisturizer on is that you're getting that coating of the skin cells and then the chemical sunscreen might not be able to really protect and coat those skin cells as well. So that's why I like a moisturizer with a sunscreen. If you are using just a purely physical sunscreen, which is more for protection kind of on top for reflecting uh, the rays, then you would put your moisturizer on first and then you would put your physical sunscreen. But if you're just using a chemical sunscreen, then I would put the chemical sunscreen on first and the regular moisturizer on top. Right. So the chemical sunscreen, essentially, it has to make contact with the skin in order to work. Right. So that's why it has to go on first. Yes. Got it. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Well, are we ready for our final question? I think so. Okay. So what does healthy skin look and act like? What's the goal that you can look in the mirror, you look with one of your clients and you're like, we did it. Mm -hmm. So I am very much not against lines and wrinkles. To me, that's life. That's wear and tear. I don't think healthy, beautiful skin is a skin that is absent of lines and wrinkles. So, so many people are, you know, getting fillers and doing Botox to have no lines and wrinkles on the skin. I like a skin, I mean, I like a skin to look natural, but I'm much more about even skin tone and pore size. Mm -hmm. So to me, a skin that I was able to make pores look smaller, reduce pigmentation, discoloration, be it melasma, be it discoloration from post-breakup marks, just brown spots. So having kind of that even skin tone and make pores look smaller. And those are very achievable. So, but it's an ongoing thing, you know, so you never... You never cross the finish line because, you know, the skin is aging and, and, you know, everything's kind of constantly changing. And so you're always kind of having to stay on top of it. You never just get to wash your hands and be like, oh, okay, I'm done now. So, but I think, uh, yeah, anytime I can make pores look smaller and the skin more even toned and less discoloration is always a big win. Thanks for tuning in. Visit BreakingBeautyPodcast.com for details on all the damn good products we talked about in today's episode. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter. That way you'll get every episode delivered right to your inbox. You won't miss a single thing. 
or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast fix. And please show us some love by rating us or reviewing us in iTunes. See you next time. Like a cherry bomb, like a cherry bomb.